So, in keeping with our theme of home, let's actually look at, I want to share with you the five top ingredients that I recommend to have to have a strong business architecture. That is if you are below six figures all the way to, I would say, mid six figures. That would be the business architecture for it. Above mid six figure, this totally still works, but it's getting a little bit harder to maintain. Ingredient number one is having your brand foundation. That's the foundation of your home. Your mission, your purpose. By the way, a lot of people have a mission, but they're not on a mission. I don't care that you have a mission on your website. I care that you are on a mission. And if your mission, if I asked you what your mission is, and you can't answer that to me, to your team, within a few words that are going to grab me by the balls, it is not a mission. I don't care for beautiful mission statements on websites. I'd rather you not have that, but be on one. Um, what are your core values? What do your brand stand? What do you stand for? What is your promise? A promise is your measurable accountability. What is it that you promise, come rain or shine, that will actually get people to go, I'd be a fool to work with anyone else but you, regardless of price. What's your X factor? What makes you different? What is your compelling story? If I've you know, gone through a tremendous, tremendous ordeal, and I actually want to help the people that have gone through the same ordeal, with my story, they'll, they'll gravitate to me. Without that story, they won't, they'll never know. So what is your compelling story? Who is your ideal client? And of course, your marketing needs. Who is your ideal client? He was, uh, DJ was talking about earlier about really niching, right? One good example that I have is this chiropractitioner, or chiropractor, either way, um, at a networking event, always got up and said, I'm a chiropractor, and I'm looking for anyone with a spine. <laughs> exactly, you get giggles, right? But in the end, will I go home and go, I need to find 10 people with spines to give to Bob? No. I, I, the moment the giggle is over, I'm done, right? I've, um, I went to see him and I said, can you humor me for next time because this is, this is painful. What do you love to treat most? He says, I love to treat whiplash. I said, okay. So next week, why don't you come and say, I'm looking for people who have experienced whiplash within the last six months. 15 referrals that day. Do not speak to the whole jungle, please. You're, you don't have enough money to speak to the whole jungle, actually. Not because there's too many people to reach, because nobody will actually listen and buy. Even the biggest companies, they know they have millions of dollars to invest in marketing, and they know that they're just going to invest it right here. Why? Conversion, conversion, conversion. Sales, sales, sales. So do not speak to the whole jungle. If you want to speak to lions, learn the lion lingo. Learn the lion's problems and create kick-butt solutions for lions. You might even get a few giraffes along the way, and that's okay. But you're not going to spend money going after giraffes and all the other animals in the jungle when you want to speak with lions. Does that make sense? Now, I have an entire presentation on branding and on brand foundation. Perhaps one day I can come back and, and give that one. Number two. Oh, no. I've added a few slides for you guys tonight, actually. So here's the thing. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And they buy whom you are being while you are doing, which is your brand foundation, what you stand for. 
the culture that you are building that is worth following. This is an example of my brand foundation. And I can, you can have that slide afterwards, but notice that my mission is not three paragraphs of boring blah, blah, blah. I create holy shit moments. That's what I do. I create impact. And I voice it out that way on my website. I voice it out. Now, that might not be the lingo you might, use to, you might choose to use, and that's okay, but that goes with me. And my promise is clarity, pivotal shifts, and momentum. I happen to know that small business owners need that the most, want that the most, and I happen to know that that is what I do just by opening my eyes in the morning. I, I create that by nature. Quality is not a promise. Remove that from everything you do. Quality is a staple. Um, in my, in my uh, 2006 travel year that I took, I did a three-month road trip. And wherever it said clean, it wasn't. So if you have to state the obvious, you're going to repel. All right. Now, remember Danielle? As a result of clarifying her brand foundation, which is point number one of what we talked about so far, She's tripled her business, she's tripled her revenue, she's now doing the kind of creative works that she loves to do. Clients love to work with her, and she's now taking six weeks vacation as a result of that. Just being clear on who she is, what she does, why she does it that way, who she does it for, and why should they care. That, the clarity of that brings thousands of dollars and incredible profit. All right, number two. Vision and planning, that's the heating of the house, the heating, what actually fuels the business. Five-year vision, how many people here have a five-year vision? Awesome, okay, that's more than what I normally get in terms of a... See, you gotta actually reverse engineer things. You gotta know where you wanna be, what do you wanna be known for in five years, what do you wanna have had accomplished in five years. Then you re reverse engineer it. Okay, in order for me to be there in five years, what, do, what are my top five objectives for the next 12 months? When you're clear about that, then you go, okay, what are my top three goals for this quarter that's going to get me closer to my year, that's going to get me closer to my five? And only when you're very clear about your quarter plan are you ever clear about what you should be doing this week. I'm not talking deliverables for your clients. That's reactiveness. I'm talking proactiveness on your own business. How many people, I'm telling you, it's insane when I say, they say to me, in five years, this is where I'll be, I'm so excited. And then five years later, I see them and I go, oh, how's that plan of yours? I'm so, I'm so excited to see what you've created. Oh yeah, well, you know what, life got in the way, da 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 da. Well, that's because they haven't reversed engineered. It's one thing to have a, um, a vision, but you've got to actually reverse engineer it to make sure that you actually deliver on it. Makes sense, right? Okay. All right, number three is systems and processes. I call that the wiring and the plumbing of the house. Lead magnet. How do you attract prospects to your business? And I'm not just talking online, I'm talking anywhere. How do you, what is your process for attracting leads? What is your process for qualifying those leads? Whether you work one-on-one -on -one with someone or not, you still have to qualify somehow. What is your proposal process? How many coaches in the room or people that actually have to write proposals to win business? Very few, okay. 
Um, what's your onboarding process? How do you onboard your clients in a consistent, effective, and scalable way? Completion, a lot of people have a completion process. Now, those are not all obligatory, but most of them are. Renewal process, follow-up process, and nurturing process. How do you actually nurture the people in your community to always give value, always be up in front of them, so that when they need your services or want your services, they'll think of you first? This is a beautiful little ecosystem. And this is how you can actually double your revenue without doubling your workload. Without that, not going to happen. This is where you can also add more value. And when you add value, people want to buy what you have to offer regardless of price. Now I want to share with you a couple of my processes. Who here uses Infusionsoft as a software, as a CRM or something equivalent? Okay, perfect. So I've got a system that actually, I call it my push system. I don't have to think. I've designed my processes so they work the way I want them to work based on who I am and how I want to deliver. Remember my mission and my promise. My systems have been designed so they deliver that and so they remind me to deliver that on a daily basis. First, when someone wants to work with me, they first need to fill out a needs assessment online because I need more information. I want to actually be helpful on the first call. Why? Because I want to create holy shit moments. It reminds me to read the, the needs assessment. It reminds me to establish the fit, right? Once I read that, I can actually see if this is a fit. If it's not a fit, I will refer to someone who might be a better fit. Then it reminds me to thank the referrer if there was one. And it reminds me to move to the, to the qualifying process because I qualify further. There are more processes in this process, but this is the gist of it. And all of this gets pushed to me, and it's just a matter of me doing what's in my agenda. Right? So I don't have to think, reinvent the wheel. I create consistency, and it's totally scalable. If I hire someone, they follow the process, and they just have to learn how to deliver it my way. The second is the, the qualifying process. It reminds me to visit the prospects website, to book a 20-minute phone meeting, to discuss, um, share ideas and recommendation, and of course, if it's a fit, move to the proposal process. And then we go down the path that way. But when you have that organized and laid out, uh, it's so much more fun to operate a business because you actually have time to do what you're good at doing while delivering awesome services and products. And um, then, of course, the proposal process. You write the proposal. The people who write proposals here, do you present them live to your clients? Sometimes. Sometimes. Every time you don't, you have the potential of losing a lot of money. So I encourage you to present your proposals live. doesn't mean you need to be sitting in front of them. You could be on a Zoom meeting, on a Skype meeting. Uh, sometimes I use a tool called Screencast or Snagit. Um, and I actually walk them through. I, I record my screen and I walk them through. Um, that way you're able to foresee a lot of the objections that you would never know and never see if you let them read the proposal at their own leisure. And notice that when you send a proposal, sometimes that's when it's, oh, it was a rush to get the proposal to them. <laughs> but then three weeks go by and you don't hear after the proposal. You alleviate all that, eliminate all that. 
And then that ecosystem includes eight nurturing, uh, eight systems that I find that have helped me greatly. Now, John Waldo has increased his revenue by 16 per, by 16 fold, going from three grand a month to 50 grand a month, just by implementing four of these eight systems. It helps you be more sustainable. It helps you deliver more value. Synchronization failed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. Let's go back to the house. Number four, policies and boundaries. That is the framing of the house. What you expect of your clients, what your clients should expect of you or can expect of you. And what is your winning ritual? Who, who was I talking to earlier about winning ritual? Yeah, exactly. What is your winning ritual? You gotta know, you know, if your best work comes out of you at four o'clock in the morning, like moi, then do that. A lot of people go against the grain of their, their, um, their ideal ritual. Um, Olympians, they know exactly what they need to do, how they need to do it, why they need to do it that way, and nothing comes in their way to make that happen. Treat your business like an Olympic medal. You've know, you got to have your winning ritual in order, to, uh, in order to succeed. Now, what you can expect of your clients and what they expect of you, before I start working with a client, ooh, I lay the rules down. Do, you, do I look like someone who <laughs> will just go and do just whatever, whenever? No. I've got my rules. I'm definitely flexible, but, and there's definitely a middle, but I'm very clear about what I want, what I don't want, how I want to run my business, because guess what? It's my business, and I'm going to run it the way I want it. Right? <coughs> and five, key performance indicators. Who has implemented some key performance indicators? Perfect. So I see that as the thermostat of the house. These are the three basic ones, cost and time per lead. How much do you spend in time and in money to get a new client? If you do not know how much that's costing you, I don't believe that what you have is a business, but this, this might be a big statement, but truly this is what I believe. You need to, and a lot of people tell me, oh, well, it's impossible for me to know how much I'll spend. No, it is. It is, and you should know. There's always a way. Can you believe that most people don't actually know their gross income? I was working with a client um, a couple of years ago, and she was disappointed because her numbers seemed off from the previous year, but she didn't really know. And she said, you know what? I didn't work that much this year, so I don't know, Isabel, I'm not, I'm not happy with what we've been doing together. I'm thinking, ah, well, I, thank God I look at the numbers, and thank God I've noticed that. Yes, you're right, you didn't work as much, but your profitability increased by 19%. Now, if you want to work double for 19%, I'm not your gal, right? So sometimes you've got to be aware of what your numbers are, because what you manage, now I was going to screw that one up. What you, what you measure, you can manage. <laughs> I was going to do that around. So very important to know. And profitability ratio, whoa, very, little pe very few people know what their profitability ratio is. All right, Gap created different key, uh, key performance indicators to sell more clothes in their stores. They figured out, you know how there's people that always uh, competition internally, they want to sell you more clothes and they're always after you and it's annoying. Well, they figured out though that instead of doing that, when someone goes into a, a change room with five items of clothing, there is a sale. 
when they go in with less than five items of clothing, there is most likely no sale. So key performance indicators are not always about money or about different, you know, about, yeah, about money. They're often about different things that, it can, that can actually give you more insight as to how you can do better, increase revenue and increase profitability. Oh, questions so far? Good to go? All right. Christina is a designer here in Vancouver. She's doubled her revenue as a result of having implemented and monitored a few key simple um, strategies and key performance indicators. So again, what you measure, you can actually manage. Now this, I'm going to go back one slide here. This is what it looks like. <laughs> this is what it looks like to have a strong business architecture. Unfortunately, this is what I see most of the time. You see all these little red X's there? I call that business suicide. And the little green check marks that you see, I'm sorry, but I should have actually put yellow there because it's really rare that I see really good green check marks. So when I'm hired, I look under the hood and I look at what's working well, what's not working well, and what's missing in order to create some, a business that is sustainable, profitable, and fun. Because what's the point if it's not fun? Business is a game, by the way, right? It's a game. And you choose to play that game however you want it. So might as well play the game with your own rules if it's your own game. Let me remind you why people start their business. Because they want more freedom, more flexibility, and more money while doing it their way. And doing it with full of red X's will kill you before time. I've said that many times. I cannot say it enough. So, I want to show you the results when you do have a strong business architecture. So now you know what it looks like. Now I want you to feel what it feels like to have a proper business architecture. You'll attract ideal clients that will gladly pay you more money and beg you to take them on. I have a client recently that said to me, this, this got me to raise my prices without even opening my mouth. <laughs> And this was a beauty, and this doesn't happen every day, but it'd be really nice if it did. He said to me, so my strategy days at the time was $3,500 for the day. He said to me, Isabel, I don't remember, are your strategy days five or 10 grand? <laughs> I was honest, I said, they're not 10. <laughs> <laughs> five it was, instantly. Um, there's a client as well that waited three years to work with me. Three years, she wasn't ready. I said to her, go get your financial house in order. Um, all the way from here to here, not from here to there, but from here to here, and then I'll work. Now, she could have gone with anyone else that probably would have been less expensive or less of an investment than me, but she waited. So when you're clear about all this, magic happens and people wait to work with you. 10 times your finances, 10 times your business, 10 times your marketing, 10 times your life. Hit the subscribe button now.